Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. Back again. Yeah. One month. Episode four. Episode four. I'm very tired today, Caitlin. I heard your schedule. You should be tired. I had I had a uh, I had what you could call a long night. Yes. You also had professional things to do. At long night with Vishkana. Vishkana. Who's that? At? What what is it? I don't I don't know what it is. Uh I didn't know what it was until I was asked to participate in it. Uh apparently it's a thing in Toronto. They have called Long Winter. We're at the Great Hall on Queen Street. They basically just throw like a giant house party and they have actually like a thousand things going on on one night there's like 40 bands that play throughout the night and they have art installations and they have it's basically it's like pay what you can oh that's really cool and it's just because winter sucks especially in toronto especially in toronto (laughs) if there's something to be done that can be entertaining and get you encourages you to get out of the house people want to do it and one portion of this event is something called long night hosted by vishkana who is I think he worked for the CBC. He does work for Exclaim. He has a podcast called Creative Control that he's done for like 250 episodes. Apparently, I am just a buffoon who's out of the loop. I had no idea who this gentleman was. Well, we know you're a buffoon, but I think we can say we're both out of the loop. Uh, Yeah, so he does essentially what is a late night style talk show, like with a sidekick and a band and all this sort of thing. And he has guests and does interviews and in front of an audience and he does it in the basement of the Great Hall. And he emailed me like three days ago. And was like, hey, to ask me, come on down. Hey, it's like the 10th anniversary of Donuts and Dilla's passing and whatnot. And you wrote a book about Jay Dilla. So did you want to come down and talk about it? And I was like, oh, man, it's really short notice. And then he said, we can give you an appearance fee. And I was like, what time should <gasps> I be there? Was it the appearance fee composed of cheeses? It wasn't, <laughs> although he did have donuts and milk. Oh, that's pretty cool, though. It was cool. Um, I'd go anywhere if they gave me food. <laughs> If they're like, here, come into this dark alley, (laughs) there'll be donuts here. I'll be like, done. Don't advertise that. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, great interview. It was, I had a really fun time doing it. Uh, I'm glad I got out of the house because it's pretty hard to get me out of the house, uh, to do things, especially during the winter. So, uh, thanks to Vish and thanks to the people who were there and Hey, I plugged the show. So if you're a new listener, welcome, (laughs) welcome, welcome to the show, to the very geeky podcast that I talked about. I mean, it's Uh, in the title. (laughs) It's in the name of the show. If you haven't got that by now. Yeah, we're not trying to hide anything from you here. So how have you been? Oh, you know, (laughs) as long as I'm consuming interesting media, I'm basically fine. (laughs) Anything to help us blot out the all-consuming dread that is our lives. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically, you know, I... Welcome to the Existentialist Hour with Jordan King. <laughs> it's better than Chit Chat Hour, <laughs> Chit Chat Time with Jordan Cade. Chit Chat with Jordan Cade. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm one of those people who I sort of find... I, I don't have tons of hobbies. Mm. I guess my hobby is reading and watching television, and that kind of seems like it's lame, but basically that's all I have time for. Like, I might be able to take up knitting, but if it cuts into you know, going to see Deadpool or something. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Teaser. We'll get to that in a minute. One of us saw Deadpool. Um, who knows who it is? Well, I guess that's as good enough time to get to news in general. Uh, hot topics of the week. Uh, new Daredevil trailer. Yes, which you should. I didn't even know it was up. You hadn't seen. We no. watched when you got here. Um, kind of eh. 
I'm interested. I I kind of mentioned this when we were uh, after we uh, watched it. Uh, what I was interested about is the take on how these characters are different. Um, sorry for everyone out there that that. The new trailer shows Daredevil and also The Punisher. Yes. Previously, we had heard The Punisher. This is our first like real look at him. Uh, he's being played by John Bernthal, who was previously Shane on The Walking Dead for a couple seasons. And uh, yeah, it's kind of mining a lot of that. Again, that classic Frank Miller, uh, early 80s era relationship between The Punisher and Daredevil and their similarities and their differences and the, the lengths one will go to that the other won't sort of thing. Yeah. And Elektra oh, is in the new season as well. Didn't Frank Miller do Electra? Doesn't he hate the fact that he killed her and people keep on trying to resurrecting her, resurrect her? Uh, yeah, even though he did resurrect her, I believe the story is that he was kind of pressured to do so. He wanted her right. to stay dead. Yeah. And uh, it's another one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to fault any creator for being bitter about the work for hire system. Yes. But you're in the work for hire system. You know, if you create a successful character, the big publisher isn't going to keep it dead. You know, it's like... It's the same complaints Alan Moore has every so often. It's the same complaint that Frank Miller has had about things like that and Daredevil and Dark Knight and... All that jazz. All that jazz. So, I don't know about... I feel like if Jessica Jones hadn't happened, I'd be more excited about season two of Daredevil. In, in what regard? Because I saw the first season of Daredevil and I was like, holy crap, this is like nothing Marvel has ever done. It's super violent and super intense and like mature take and dark and gritty, which is a term we always It'd make fun of. We like to of. throw around, yeah. We always make fun of on this show. Um, but it was dark and gritty and it was like nothing Marvel had done. And then Jessica Jones came out and it was all of those things in like kind of a different, more nuanced way. There was the PTSD angles and, you know, the surviving trauma and issues of consent and assault that were all buried in there. Like it was a much more interesting version of dark gritty. And then you watch the daredevil trailer and it's like two dudes punching. But as we also discuss on this show, not everything is for everyone. So there are lots of people who like daredevil way more than they like Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. They weren't really interested in it or they didn't find it as fun as the, you know, ultra violence was on daredevil. Um, but now they get a second season of this thing that they like, which I think is is great. I mean, I love Daredevil. I thought it was... Oh, I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I know. I'm just Probably saying Probably in that, 36 hours, but... Um, I'm saying that I, I... The only thing I hope is that I, I hope that they continue with the really good character development, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the things I really liked uh, about the show. I hope that they don't fall into tropes. Which they they pretty much avoided. I think my issue is, like, when I was super deep into comics, when I was like, everyone can't wait for Wednesday. When I was that dude, yeah, I, like Daredevil was my shit and the shit of my best friend. Like, we bought comics together. We went every week, and we loved Daredevil. We were on ManWithoutFear.com like every couple weeks looking for news just about Daredevil. Like, we loved Daredevil. So I know all these stories really well already. Right. So it's cool that I'm seeing them performed by live people but i'm watching it and going like eh, i know all these stories but again that's me i already know these things and as we've discussed last episode not everything is made for you jordan but everything should be uh, are you sure because <laughs> i'm pretty sure everything should be made for me and this is this is the unbridgeable gap we'll never <laughs> we'll never be able to cross um no i can i can allow that like part of my being underwhelmed by this might be just that i know all these stories so well and i'm hopeful that they will tweak them a yes. bit 
the Marvel Netflix shows have been much more rooted in quote unquote reality for shows about people with mind control and unbreakable skin and whatnot. See, for me, every time I see the Punisher in anything, so television, uh, movies, and they made a couple of them with different actors. I can't tell them apart. You see Dolph Lundgren? That's basically what I, you Basically, see. I just see the same <laughs> guy over and over again. I'm like, oh yeah, it's that guy doing that movie about the Punisher again. Uh, or in this case, the guy in the TV show, I know he's different, but he looks the exact same as every other Punisher. So. Dark-haired white dude. Yeah, basically, who's dude. really angry. So mad, so angry. So that's basically that's basically what I see. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, um, and I won't begrudge anybody who's like super amped. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna watch it. I'm obviously going to watch it. And I am excited yeah. for it, but I do wonder if because Jessica Jones, I thought I was so surprised by. I wonder if I will be uh, let down by Daredevil a bit. Well, Again, I think like you said, you're going in carefully optimistic. As long as you're careful with your optimism. That's really what's important. It's not to get too too hyped up. But, of course, before Daredevil uh, airs, mm-hmm. we have Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny, which I'm really excited excited about. Are you? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know a ton about it. Well... It's, is this a, this a show again? Or? No, no. They've, they've, it, they made it into a second movie. It's... Being done by Netflix, of course, because anything good these days gets put on by Netflix. <laughs> um, the only issue I have so far, I mean, I haven't seen it, right? And you can't, you think sometimes you can tell all kinds of things from the trailer, but really you will not be able to tell what it's like until you sit down and watch it. Yeah. The only issue I have is that it's in English. Oh. I don't know why they did that. I I, I'm, I can guess why they did that. Is it is it Chinese actors? Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> One out of two ain't bad. Yeah. I mean, thank goodness, you know, they didn't stick. They have this tendency these days. Featuring Scarlett Johansson in the role originated by Michelle Yeoh. (laughs) They have a tendency these days, even in films that are set in Asia in sort of this medieval era, they'll, they'll stick a white character in there. Like yeah, a, it's your POV. Yeah, um, they did it with some Jackie Chan movie a while ago. They just had like a white guy in there for no reason. The only movie I think where it might have kind of worked was there was some movie about samurai and oh, that, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. That guy, that guy. Who's that guy? 47 Ronin? Yeah, that's it. I actually like that movie. And they put What's-His-Face in it. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. They just kind of stuck him in there. Your catch-all ethnic, Lou Diamond Phillips or Keanu Reeves. But I actually thought they worked because they made mention of it. You know, I just thought it worked. But most of the time, I think it's unnecessary. I also think having them speak in English is unnecessary. It didn't... Having them speak in a foreign tongue did not hurt (laughs) hurt the first movie. It's like like Crouching Tiger did poorly at the box office because it was in Mandarin. Mandarin? Mandarin or Cantonese, they'll come for me either way. But yeah. um, but it didn't hurt it, so I don't understand why they uh, needed it to be in English. I don't uh, understand. But Michelle Yeoh is in it. Oh, yes, yeah, she is. And that is all I need. I, I, yeah, I think she's wonderful. I will watch Michelle Yeoh as like original queen. I would watch her like read a phone book for two hours. <laughs> she should be in all kinds of things. She Every, should be in everything. Yeah, she, she should, should just appear in, in my things. house right now. <laughs> We love you, Michelle. Yeah. Yes, we do. What else? Kind of minor news. It's not really surprising, but uh, so con season, the rumblings of con season are starting to fire up. Yes, um, that's true. 
I think the San Diego advanced tickets uh, bloodbath already came and went. (laughs) (laughs) We have started to get notes and announcements about Fan Expo, which is Toronto's uh, fandom comic book spectacular. Should we make plans to go to that? I haven't been in years. I've never been. You've never been? I've never been. Oh my God. Hot takes people. We may have to have the Geek Down field trip to Um, to Fan Expo But then again, I don't have any money. So going doesn't seem like it would be fun because I couldn't buy anything. <laughs> it's, it's less fun. <laughs> I've gone and not spent any money. I'm not going to say it's super fun when you don't have any money. Like I don't, I probably don't even have money to a to buy tickets because apparently they won't take cheese. I don't understand why they just they, it doesn't seem to work in their system. And they take credit card, they take PayPal, they don't take cheese. I don't understand. Um, and also I just while being there, I mean a big part of it is still for collectors i mean there's also just people who again like me consume this media Mm -hmm. and enjoy it but i can't i wouldn't be able to get an autograph i probably if there was any special panels you had to pay for i wouldn't be able to go to that i don't really like those are super rare though yeah and but i don't like lining up and there's a lot (laughs) of lining up yeah yeah your boy and your girl are not super big on uh, crowds lineups waiting (laughs) nope crowds crowds people Uh. crowds (laughs) And uh, uh, humans in general. No, yeah. no, it's it's intense. I think the last year I went was um, they still weren't using the full convention center. They were only using half of it. There's like right. a north and a south part of the metro convention center, and yeah. they were only using like the south part. No, I have been to a convention there. Mm. I two years in a row I went to a book convention. Of course you did. Um, which they had on for years and then of course with the market crash they're like book conventions giving oh, yeah. stuff away book expo i went to that once yeah um which i really enjoyed i got to meet clive barker who is the nicest author ever i met paul gross mm. canadian sweetheart <laughs> paul gross <laughs> yet again i got to meet clive barker so there you go <laughs> Uh, well, the reason we bring this up is because announcements for Fan Expo are starting to roll in, and uh, Stanley, Stan the Man, has announced that his appearance at Fan Expo this year will be his last Canadian appearance. And He's how old did you say he was again? Ninety-three. Oh, wow. So I don't think anybody can really fault Stan for not wanting to uh, travel cross the border yeah. anymore. Uh, we should be happy. We've got him. Getting we pat still down. Have him, period. Getting pat down at ninety-three is probably not very much fun. <laughs> I would like to think customs would give Stan the Man a pass on Never the, know. On the he, search and he seizure. He was really active during the 70s. That is true. Yeah. Um, he looks good for, for 92, 93. He does. He was... Uh, I loved him on Agent Carter, actually. Um, I watched far enough in Agent Carter to see his... Uh, to see his cameo. To see his cameo. Um, I watched something, surprise, surprise, lately, or recently, rather, uh, with a Stanley cameo. Really? You saw, you saw a recently released Marvel film? Yeah, I did. What was it, Caitlin? <laughs> it was Deadpool. Caitlin, tell us about Deadpool. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it was fantastic. All the things, all the concerns we talked about that people had last week, you're like, whatever. I don't even... I mean, no. I was about to say, I don't even understand. I totally understand. <laughs> I apparently like really childish bro humor with a lot of sex jokes. This is a bear, I, something new I learned about myself. I thought it was great. It was everything that I wanted a Deadpool movie to be. Um, I I am familiar with the character, so that Mm. probably helped quite a bit. Uh, The only, only issue I had with it was that it wasn't violent enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've just seen the trailers. (laughs) I've been like, that looks plenty violent. um, I really like gore. (laughs) 
I think in a Deadpool movie, especially with the R rating, you might as well go all out, right? I mean, it, yeah, it was there was of course lots of, you know, I maybe I just I guess I'm desensitized. I guess all those all those talk shows and news reports about people getting desensitized to violence is right because uh, I was like, really, that was it? I wouldn't see more. You know, people exploding and heads being lobbed off. And I may have to reconsider what I give you from week to week <laughs> to watch then. Um, I got some treats in the library. Yeah. So, uh, but that was my only complaint. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, I, anytime I leave a movie and go, I that was fantastic. That's usually a good indication of how much uh, I liked it. I mean, some of the every so often I I meet someone and I go oh I really like that thing and then they tear it apart and I go maybe I didn't like that thing as much as I thought I did uh but I haven't heard anyone else yet Mm. um uh criticizing it so we'll see what happens that's right it's you mentioned the R rating um so now (laughs) the next Wolverine movie is going to be R rated apparently getting on the R rating bandwagon way to miss the point movie studio (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) that's the R-rated Wolverine movie is not something anybody was clamoring for, I don't think. Like, that's not that's not the takeaway of Deadpool success, I think. is like, people want R-rated superhero movies. <laughs> no. No! People want you to leave their superhero movies alone. People want you to be true to the characters. Deadpool had to be an R-rated movie. Oh, if absolutely. If Daredevil was a PG-13 movie where, like, all the violence happened off screen, the movie would have suffered and it wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have liked it as much. No. No. Wolverine does not need that. This is uh, granted, he's a dude with claws on his hands who regularly disembowels people, but he's been a colorful child beloved X-Men for the better part of 40 years. Like. Yes, yeah. So, well, anyways, um so it was great if you like uh lots of sex jokes and childish humor and uh a regular amount of gore, um then go see Deadpool. Strong endorsement from from Ms. Caitlin McKinnon. But if you disagree with me, definitely let me know. Yeah, you can come yell at us on Twitter, at GeekDownPod. I'll pass the message along to her, because she'll never see it. Because <laughs> I'll never see it. But I will let her know. Finally, I have just a quick mention, uh-huh. um, which is the basically the Eric Stevenson of Image Comics, his little article he wrote. Yes, I just read this this morning. Uh, so it's we're recording on Saturday today. He this was a speech he delivered. Yeah, and then they, they I guess they published the speech. Last last night at like a retailer convention sort of thing. Yeah. I think he was at. Yeah, that's right. Some hot takes. Well, what was interesting is as I was reading it, I was going, we totally called this shit. Like a couple of weeks ago or last week, we said Image Comics was sort of killing the game. Yeah, he and- basically <laughs> got up there and said, we're killing the game and this is why. Yeah, and I think he's absolutely correct. And this is actually going to come up later this episode is uh, one of the reasons is that they will do things that are new. Yes. They'll take chances. Yeah, speaking of things that aren't new. So I, I consult my uh, a friend of mine who's super deep in like, he's as deep into comics now as I was when I was in... When I was in it, when I was like, couldn't wait for Wednesday. Right. He can't wait for Wednesday now. And he's very excited this week that new details have emerged on the DC Rebirth event. Oh, God. Yeah. I could not care less. So what are the takeaways? Action Comics and Detective Comics are going back to their original numbering. So they'll be like, they're going to relaunch with issue 4082 or whatever it is. And everything else is getting... So wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. So this is a reverse relaunch. Action Comics and Detective Comics are... Which were the first two DC books ever. Yeah. They are getting 
reverted back to their original numbering. They got rebooted with the new 52 as well. Yeah. Now they're going back to their original. So like it actually comes to be 900 something. And the, the reason being... Uh, that's a great reasoning. And... Good job, DC. Everything else is going back, you know, going back to one. Because that's never been done before. And that's why Eric Stevenson's speech was so great, because he was like, like stop, stop! Stop doing that! Just stop it. And there was like this whole section where he was like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't. And it was like everything DC specifically was doing. Yeah, it was basically just like, stop doing events and, you know, you're cheating. You're cheating your readers. You're lying to your readers. Stop throwing variants. Stop making retailers buy more copies of a book they can't sell to Which get some I, variant. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I've always no been idea. unclear of it. I didn't know variants were still as big a thing in the industry as they are. But yeah, it's basically like for every 10 copies of a book you buy, you get, as a retailer that you buy, yeah. you get one copy of the variant. I had no idea that that was a thing in place. And like when I've gone, the last time I went to uh, my buddy who buys comics, he goes to the Silver Snail in Toronto and mm-hmm. I went with him one morning after work. Really? The Silver Snail? Yeah. Ugh. I'm sorry. Ugh. I don't know. Man, I always loved that. I always loved the snail. Well, when it was on Queen, maybe. Sorry, yeah. this is all Toronto stuff. You guys are not going to care. Regional, about this. local talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Silver Snail was like the comic book shop in Toronto, and it was in like a really like hip neighborhood. And then because of rent increases and everything else and buildings getting sold, it had to move to a much more kind of touristy area. And it is, I will agree with Caitlin, it is not what it once was, but we still love it. But yeah, when he went, the last time I went with him was the week that the first. Um, installment of the speaking of things that don't need to get started over the new dark knight (sighs) like dark dk3 that had come out and this was an issue where there were like 40 variants what yeah it was like they got everybody to draw a cover for for dk3 i don't i don't don't know either and i don't know how they were sorted or anything but i'm looking at you know the new release wall and they're all like price pointed like depending on the rarity not a ton but if like the regular issue was three ninety nine, some covers would be five, some covers would be seven, like because they got to make up their margins for all the extra books they had to buy to get these in the first place. You can't like, see it, audience, but I'm doing a lot of shrugging lot, and shaking lot, of my head. A lot of hands in the air. I just I don't it. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And maybe it's because we've not really ever talked about this, but I came at comics a lot later. Um, I didn't. I didn't collect comics. Um, yeah, you've never done the single issue grind. No, no, not at all. So it's a whole other world. And I, I really just don't get it. But I just from an artistic standpoint or a content standpoint, I, I still don't get it. I understand being a collector. Mm. But just as an industry, I don't understand how that... And, and basically, that's what he was saying is that model can't survive. Yeah. You can't keep on going like that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, people can catch feelings about what he said as much as they want the fact remains he's heading up the most exciting publisher right now like well every... except for archie <laughs> archie might be most progressive but archie <laughs> like just puts out archie comics yeah, image puts true. out like a ton of stuff which is even what he said in his speech he's like he called out like you know five years ago or whatever i was getting a lot and it was a lot of zombie books yeah. And I had to reject all these zombie pitches and now I'm rejecting sci-fi pitches and crime pitches and yep. like these lanes have all been done. The industry needs to move into the other lanes. Yes. And you know what the industry doesn't need to do? What does you know it not what everybody need? doesn't what need does to do? What does it not need to do, Jordan Ferguson? The tirade voice is heating up, people. Nerds 
No more fucking mashups. Do you have a problem with mashups, Jordan? I'm done with this. This goes back... Patton Oswalt wrote this thing for Wired like four or five years ago. Right. He dubbed this thing... He was basically, on one hand, kind of like shaking his fist at the internet for the fact that, you know, when we were kids, we couldn't go out and get everything. Like, the thing you had, you liked because it was the only thing you had. Right. The only thing you could get. And the internet made, I think he called it Edwaf, everything available all the time. Right. Something like that. So basically what happens is because you can get everything, people are just like taking all the things. They, they're at no shortage to get the things they love. And they're just blending and combining the things that are already there instead of creating new things out of necessity. Okay, I kind of understand that. Now, what has set me off about this, two reasons. Number one, a coworker at work had asked me if I had seen these fan arts that had gone around, which were basically uh, Kylo Ren and Darth Vader drawn in the style of Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes. Yes. And I said, yeah, I saw them. No, not for that. <laughs> Sorry, you're so serious <laughs> right now. Part number two, I saw a Facebook like, photo set today. That was on my anime group. So, the movie uh, Akira, or Akira, a classic of the genre. Yeah. You know, cyberpunk, sci-fi type of thing. One of the first anime movies I ever saw. I have the hiragana for Akira tattooed down my back. Like, that's my, like, declaration of nerddom. That's how much this movie impacted me. One of the classic movie posters, a piece of artwork of this, is, like, the torn up street with the very high over-the-shoulder shot of uh, Kaneda. Sorry, I'm from the like bad uh, late 90s dub okay. where all the names were pronounced wrong. So I still call him Kaneda, not Kaneda. Um, I don't think anyone would have noticed if you hadn't said it. Oh, someone though. Someone. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's like a branding if you still pronounce, if you call him like uh, Tetsuo and Kaneda instead of Tetsuo and Kaneda. It's like it's a demarcation what that's, if you go a bonus treat for that guy who rides, rides the motorcycle who isn't one of the giant babies what am i in my own group is that <laughs> yes. okay all right so one of the pieces of classic artwork is uh one of our protagonists kaneda walking towards his motorcycle it's like a high overhead shot his backs to the camera and it's gonna rubble on the street and he's walking to his motorcycle with like the laser gun not the side of his at the side of his hip and just like the big block letters yeah. akira with the hiragana scrawled on it yeah so it was a photo set of basically like the same shot compositionally, but it's Luke Skywalker walking to a sand speeder and it says Luke and it's got Kana for Luke written scrawled on top of it. And you all you hate this because Just fucking do something new. You're talented people. If you want to do fan art, draw like an original picture of Luke Skywalker doing something. It's not clever anymore. This is like all hipster nerd culture has become. It's like you go on T Fury and it's like I just looked at it before we started recording, and one of the like one of the hot shirts today is Bender from Futurama done up like Deadpool. What the fuck? That doesn't even make any sense. Those two have nothing to do with each other. You were so angry. This is hilarious. Because I'm tired of it. Um, <laughs> I'm tired of going on Facebook and seeing like geek tyrant posts of like of like oh check out this cool fan art and it's like the Turtles but it's the Death Star. Like no <laughs> enough. Um, I think had it. Unfortunately. Something I love, you'll have to blame for this. Which is what? Steampunk. Why Steam- Why is this steampunk's fault? <laughs> because steampunk's... I, I feel as though steampunk started this. But that's an aesthetic. Like, uh, if, you yeah, draw, okay. if you do steampunk Star Wars, yeah. I'm okay with that. You're not just taking property A, property B, putting it in a blender okay. and going like, look how clever I am. No, fuck that, son. Like, 
steampunk is an aesthetic if you want to like make your steampunk giant robots i'm cool with that you have taken a style that exists i think because i feel like that's sort of where it came from maybe maybe but i do feel like when people started getting their paper off of these like you know t fury fan art designs like those were the ones that were selling the most because Mm -hmm. nerds think it's super clever it'll be like look at this thing and this thing and they don't belong together but now they're together isn't that funny (laughs) ha ha it's not Stop it! Wow. Okay. Well, I guess. I guess. I guess what we need to. I know I'm Grandpa Simpson shaking his hand at the clouds right now, but. (laughs) Oh, I guess what we need to understand here is if you have some fan art you want to put on, uh, you know, give send to us or something. Make sure it's not a combination of two properties, please, or he's gonna freak out again. Just asking for somebody to draw my fat ass in like a Deadpool costume. (laughs) <laughs> shoving chimichangas in my face this is what'll happen yeah exactly Listen, I, I, I understand i'm a man part and i'm not saying i'm not coming for the fan art people i'm not saying that like it's gar- like your work is garbage you're all very talented people i just don't know the amount of time you took to draw luke skywalker walking to a sand speeder in the style of akira that's like you know, seven hours you could have taken to do make your own thing i suppose I have see it's one of those things that I I you have, have no horse in this I have race. no fine. opinion about this at all I'm like you know I see Disney done up like Star Wars I'm like cool <laughs> <laughs> or like <laughs> this is why Jordan and Caitlin need to go to fan expo so that when Caitlin sees the things like this that are on display at the t-shirt booth and she's like super excited and Jordan's just standing behind her like fuck no and i'm like oh ariel is sailor moon <laughs> like that that would make me really you, you can't know. throw a tiara underwater people <laughs> and no uh, sense and with that we're gonna take a break because jordan needs to calm down <laughs> a little he might have a get stroke. some water and walk around the block just stop it stop it nerds all right well we're gonna be right back and uh we're gonna you know, talk about the things we brought each other this week. Oh, right. That's why. Or last here. week, rather. That's that's the point of the show. Yeah, I think so. Not just to let you just rant. Just to yell at people. <laughs> I mean, it might devolve into that over time, but we should really try and stick to uh, to the format. Oh, we'll be back with format right after this. This is the Geek Down Podcast. just say before we start the second half of our segment we were having a little bit of a chat we like to have a pause before we continue um, strenuous it's hard work doing these friends yeah you know we're trying to finish complete sentences and, <laughs> and not cut each other off constantly uh, and we have to remember that we're not just having uh kate and jordan chit chat <laughs> people will actually listen to this yeah um but we just came to the okay so i we were talking about the warriors <laughs> briefly Classic uh, 70s New York. Oh, hell. I oh, forget. they I for- don't know who the war- what the I Warriors I forget what are. Gr- Greek myth it's based off of. But- it's called Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> Go look it up. Or Go better, look it up. better yet, watch it. Yeah. Anyways, um, and there is a DJ who you never see her complete face. You see her lips. That's yes, she it. She just narrates. And she narrates and she's awesome. Um, and I just found out a little while ago that that was the chief from Carmen San Diego. Yes. Lynn, Lynn Thigpen. Was that her? I think that's her name. Unfortunately, she has passed away. I know she that. Has. But Car- where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Is one of the greatest things ever. And the fact that she played the chief just made her. She got all the points. Basically, she won the game. She won the game. The loot. The loot. <laughs> the loot. 
<laughs> Anyways, now we're moving on to our actual, I guess, the point of the show. The reason you're all here. It's the reason we do the show. It's the reason I drag Caitlin out of her tea drinking, English mystery, watching no hobby heaven life once a week. <laughs> it's true. To I talk about things. I have no hobbies. Uh, it is the portion of the show where Caitlin and I will each bring each other something that we enjoy from our different spheres of fandom to see if the other person will like it. And sometimes we give them things that we're pretty sure they won't and we just want to see their reaction. Yeah, which was last week. Basically. Um, I, don't think we ha- I don't think we had that problem this week. I think we both I think we both came legit this week. Yeah, yeah. That said, there are rules. Yes, so which we always forget. Without them, there would be chaos. Caitlin, what is rule number one? Rule number one is three episodes the rule of three or sorry three episodes or three issues or three uh, maybe chapters we still haven't decided about books or movies but basically it's the rule of three we give things um three sort of chances uh installments to see if we like it we think that you know the first episode is usually um the pilot uh same goes with comic books sometimes you need to give it a little bit more to see some development so for us, this is a, a... Yeah, there's a lot of set piecing that needs to be done in yes. the first part of anything, so we like to give it at least a chance to get moving to where it's ultimately going to go. Yeah, and we can watch more, but we have to at least watch three. Um, and full disclosure, I made a request to Caitlin this week to go ahead. I deliberately broke the rule of three. I uh, asked her to watch four, and we will get to why that is in a moment. Uh, rule number two, Caitlin... Rule number two is uh, no tipping the hat, which is the rule that is the hardest for us because we, uh, our foundation of our relationship is built on yelling at each other over Facebook about things that we have watched. We're so chatty. Yes, we are. And it's very hard because we chat throughout the week not to say anything <laughs> about what the other person gave us, Her. even if it's to yell at them again about why in the world did you make me watch this? Our... Our discussions are uh, very stilted and business-like now. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you've done to us, people. Facebook conversations are like, it was a good episode this week. Yes, (laughs) it was. I look forward to recording the next one. Yeah, basically. Have a good day. Uh, Rule number three, not so much a rule, but a policy. Which is spoilers. There are going to be spoilers. We do not try to avoid them. We also don't specifically try to spoil things, but it does come out when we're discussing episodes and shows and comic books. If it happens, it happens. If you have a zero tolerance position on spoilers, thanks for hanging. Yeah, this is the time you should go and learn to knit because I'm (laughs) never going to take it out probably. And apparently... Go learn to knit and then get back at us and tell Caitlin if it, if this could be her hobby. This is now... Be, I'm making this officially the subplot of the show. Um, we're going to find Caitlin a hobby. I guess podcasting has technically become your hobby now, but... Oh, man. I have a hobby? You have a hobby. <gasps> wow, that ended. But That ended right as it got going. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Cancel that, friends. We don't, we, don't, we don't need your help. Caitlin has a hobby I now. have a hobby. I'm actually pretty thrilled this about this. This is actually momentous. <laughs> this is actually has blown her mind right I've now. never had a hobby before. This is great. Uh, so, yeah. No... Uh, Lacks attitude towards spoilers. If they come up, meh, we're not going to go out of our way. Yeah. So this week, we're going to start with the item I brought Caitlin, despite my protestations that I don't want to bring her an anime every week and be exposed for the weeaboo otaku that I am. She keeps asking me to bring her anime because she wants to find the one that is going to connect with her. So I brought her a show that I came to late. Uh, I was a little late on it. It's 
uh, aired in January of 2015, which was a little before I kind of jumped back in both feet and I went back to it after the fact. It is a 12-episode series, a little more somber than what I've given her before, a little more fantastical. It is Death Parade. Death Parade! Oh, that bodes well. Well, I... Well, okay. Oh, man, we could fight over this one. (laughs) (laughs) This could very well be. This could be the one somebody catches feelings over. Yeah. Um, Uh, No, I'll break it down for the people first. Okay. Uh, So Death Parade was a series that was expanded from a short uh, called Death Billiards, which was done as part of a sort of... Every year, I think it's annually, uh, some cultural, some cultural office in the Japanese government does like a, like animators of tomorrow type of program and different studios throughout the Japanese animation industry will put together shorts, uh, to enter into this and death billiards won the year of its entry, which was 2013. I think, um, if you watch death billiards, it basically lays out all the ideas of the show. And it's actually, if you watch it after you watch the entire series, there are some Easter eggs in there. Um, it won this competition and the short was adapted into a 12 episode series, which aired from January to March in 2015. It is a kind of somber story about what happens after you die. Basically it's kind of one part anthology, but there is a narrative thread that goes throughout, uh, the further along you go about, uh, these beings called arbiters who uh, essentially if two people die simultaneously you go down to this bar lounge sort of thing and uh, you are invited to play a game which uh, some of the selections include darts bowling arcade games Uh, there's an air hockey episode at one point very very tame and like non-threatening types of games, but they uh, tend to get more sinister as they go along because the bartender, uh, whose name is Decim, it is his job to use these games to kind of expose the darkest parts of your soul so he can better judge you. You put it really well. Um, I think it was last episode when we were talking about Bitch Planet. You you said, um, there's a lot going on. <laughs> A lot of potatoes in the bouillabaisse, I think, was, the, was yeah, the phrase I used. Yeah, and it is that is very much a death parade. Um, this is why I, f- I feel so weird about this the show. Mm-hmm. It was really incomprehensible at times and inconsistent. So on one hand, there would be something that I would really love about it, um, an aspect of of it that I would love. And then on the other hand, there would be things that I kind of really disliked about it. Uh, so where do you want me to start, basically? Oh, give me the good news first. Good news. Uh, awesome intro music. <laughs> Some of the best intro music I've, I've ever heard for an anime. Uh, you know, the top is always and will always be Sailor Moon. Um, <laughs> but this could be very, very well could be number two. You're talking about like, like 90s dub Sailor Moon? Fighting evil yeah, by moonlight? Yeah, of Obviously. course. Of course, Obviously. Um, And I really liked there was sort of this battle royale type thing going on um, that Japan's done for a million years before we had the Hunger Games and all of that. It was sort of bringing out, like you said, they're bringing out sort of these dark aspects of people's personality. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, an important thing to mention about the series is when people get down to this lounge or up to the lounge, they don't know they're dead. Right. 
they're basically just walking into this place they can't leave. They don't know how they got there, and this basically really, this bartender is telling them you have to play for your life. Yeah, you have to go play this game of darts. You have to, and your life is on the line. Yeah, and usually there's some other while they're playing the game, some other aspect of it. Again, this is one of the things that I found inconsistent. But there is either. Um, you know, with the darts, the dart board causes the other person pain once you strike it. Yes, every segment will correlate to a bodily a, organ. Yeah. Um, so that kind of stuff, though, was interesting, was inconsistent throughout the series, uh, which I'll get more into. Um, other things I liked about it, um, I, again, we mentioned earlier, I'm big on violence. <laughs> so there is not, not so much uh, violence with the like sword chopping and all of that, but there are, there's a lot of like gruesomeness. I was surprised in like the dart episode, which is the, uh, the first episode of the series, once the, you know, organs come into play. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this correlates to your liver and a dart goes in there and like, yeah. is it a, it's a married couple in that episode? Yeah, it's a married couple. And um, he like inadvertently throws a dart and it hits her in her liver and she like doubles over in pain and you're like, oh God, this yeah. is intense. Yeah, exactly. And I like, I like stuff that's intense. It also slightly reminded me of Dark Mirror. Black Mirror? Yeah, Black Mirror, that's, that's it. That's very fair. Yeah, I kind of, and yeah, I, I think I probably forgot until this moment, but I did have that sense of it as well as far as like the darkness that it's playing in yeah. when it goes to those moments, which it doesn't always. Yeah. Um, and that that is very, that aspect really comes through on the first episode, which is great. And then we get to the second episode. Oh, so you didn't like the second episode. I did. Um, no, I liked what they did with the second episode is they basically took the first episode and did sort of this was happening at the same time type mm -hmm. of thing. Two people are watching what was happening in the first episode. Yes. And you um, see it from their point of view. Which I thought was actually fantastic. I wish, I mean, I only watched four episodes, but I wish they had done more of. I kind of wish it was a thing that they did continuously, which I don't know if they do that. Or is that just a... Not, no, they don't. Not really. Okay. Um, well... Then you find out near the end of the episode that these, uh, what did you call them? Not judges, but they're like judges. Ar they call them arbiters. Depends on the translation you're using, but the one I saw called them arbiters. Okay. Then you find out that they can make mistakes. And that, I felt, was interesting, but also stupid. <laughs> Why do these sort of godlike beings in that they can judge people's lives... How are they just making mistakes on stuff like that? That's kind of important. Basically, but we didn't even say this about it. By the end of the episode, when they make this decision, when the Arbiter makes the oh, decision. Right. So yeah, the game plays out however it's going to play out. He just watches yeah, the events then unfold. At the end, he makes a decision about whether you go to hell, which is basically your soul gets torn into oblivion. The void. Yeah. Or you go to heaven, which is means you get to be reincarnated. Yes. It's kind of a, you're paying people's souls here. Like, I feel like they need to have a better system if they're making mistakes. So I didn't really like that. I did like, like I said, seeing it from another perspective. The third episode, I call BS on that. Is that the date one? Yeah. Yeah, see, I couldn't, I, I can't, I can't really argue that one. Okay. Um, because at the end of that episode, instead of, there's actually the suspense throughout the episode because you, you know, they tell you, you have to, one person has to go to heaven and one person has to go to hell. Um, and so it's a, these people actually sort of become friends and go on this date uh, and use, they had their hearts are in these bowling balls, which is again, it doesn't cause them pain. So basically I feel like without that, pain there or without upping the stakes 
you lose the intensity of the first episode. Mm, that's fair. Um, I refresh my memory. The two characters in that one who are playing the game, they didn't know each other before? No, they did. They, I mean, they don't... Oh, right. They went, they like went to high school together or you know, whatever. Yeah. And like they were childhood friends. Right, right, and, right. There, there was a connection there though. Yeah. And so, and at the end of the episode, you're like, oh my God, who's going to go to hell and who's going to go to heaven? Because both of them seem like good people. And then they both go to heaven. Yeah. They never outright say what happens. But I mean, if you're paying attention to things in the show, background things, you, yeah. can, you can piece together who goes where, even if they don't. Yeah. If they don't say. say. So that was frustrating. Uh, and then the third, or sorry, the fourth episode. The fourth episode was okay. It brought back the intensity of the first episode and sort of the tension and and sort of some violence as well and gore, a little bit of gore. And I understand the Arbiter's decision at the end. But both of them basically had really effed up lives. <laughs> yeah. And during their actual life. And you feel like that decision's really unfair. It it feels like they don't have to make sure one goes to hell and one goes to heaven. And that it just seemed kind of silly and unfair. And if there was a reason for why they had to make a decision, then maybe I would have been okay with the outcomes. I think the woman's actions Oh, which when yeah, she no. went for it. I get, attempt to I get win that. is what is what doomed her. Which is fine, except you, like there's this whole idea we're products of our lives, mm. um, and not that I thought she was a good person <laughs> by any means, but I still I don't know. I, I feel once that third episode happened and I could find out that they both could go to heaven. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. I was that kind of like it wasn't an either or principle. Yeah, which kind of lost that intensity. Right. Mm. That was one of the best things. Is that maybe they could both redeem themselves, but the Arbiter still had to make a decision. Mm. Um, it was just a, a rule of the universe kind of thing where it has to be this way, um, which may have led into other more complicated storylines. I don't know. But so it lost kind of that for me. I'm like, you mean they could have both gone to heaven yet just happened yeah, to send <laughs> one of them to hell? Like, you know, so that was uh, frustrating. And yeah, it was really sort of all over the place. Um, the other thing besides the these different aspects that were all over the places they didn't i felt introduce these secondary characters soon, soon enough i saw them in the intro and they look like they're having a hell of a time and i was like i wonder who all these people are <laughs> and i basically you get to know kind of know four characters mm -hmm. um and that was it uh for the to so be the bartender the black-haired woman yeah the nona his boss yes the girl with the braid and, and the elevator guy? Yeah, the elevator okay. guy. And, sorry, again, um, the th one of the things I found incomprehensible, besides the, what are the rules of this sort of weird afterlife, all of that, that don't seem to have any, why is she wearing a crop top? Yeah, I can't defend the, the outfit choice. I, it, and it's weird because it's not even sexy. Like, they, they, they don't make her over-sexualized. Mm -hmm. She just happens the entire time to be... And a lot of the time, the way the animation is done, you don't even see she's wearing a crop top. Mm. It just has her face and her neck, basically. And that's most yeah, of the shots. Yeah, it's not fan service -y. No, I just... I was like, why is she still wearing a crop oh, top? Maybe cocktail waitresses in, in Japan, Japan dress like that. I don't. Somebody let us know if you know, but yeah, that was also that was distracting. Uh, so the reason I wanted you to get to number four was because I thought it was like an okay show. Like I'd heard good things about it. 
um, heard it mentioned on like some best of lists and I need something to watch. So I went and watched it. I thought the first episode was like pitch perfect as far as like, if that had been it, if that was like the short, oh, yeah. if that was the beginning, middle and end. If that was it, that was perfectly done. You got enough character details about the people playing the game. Yeah. You didn't need to know anything really about the arbiters or the staff of the bar. Yep. It just told like a perfect ABC story. Um, and then I liked that they flipped the perspective on the second episode. I was with you on the third episode where I was like, it was fine. But yeah. And also I the- didn't I didn't really think about the idea that like, yeah, it does change the dynamic, just change the stakes when you realize that like. It's not an either or. It's not one person going to hell, one person going to heaven. And that it didn't really of, like connect with it, me. It makes it almost non nonsensical, mm. right? Episode four was like gave me the feels. Really? When he hugged them. Oh well, exactly. He, there's all this sort of like this idea of forgiveness, and you know, when feeling... the woman is like sobbing, and he like out of nowhere hugs her and hugs both of them and says, "You did all you could." I was like, "Exactly." Oh they my did, god! They did all they could with their lives, and yet still he was like, "But your soul, <laughs> fuck you." You know what? I just think that's so. It just doesn't make any sense. Now I will say, and I don't know if this is the fault of the rule of three or what, but. The overarching stakes of the show do have to do with what right do we have yeah. to do this. Right. The who are we to judge aspect of it. Mm-hmm. As far as the decisions he makes, there are Nona, his boss, the blue haired girl with the with the long braid. I, I'd say it's white. <laughs> with the white hair. She is trying to upend the system a little bit with him. Okay. And things that... He has the two overarching plots throughout the show are one with the black haired woman who uh, don't don't say anything for me because I'm going to tell you this part. I'm going to keep on watching it. Oh, excellent. Then I'll shut up. Yeah. Shut your face. (laughs) I know you're going to tell everyone. I'm sure everyone's interested now what you're going to say, but nope, never mind. Take Caitlin's word for it. Watch the show. Um, But this is what I mean by it was a really weird watching experience because Mm. I was not happy with sort of these what 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 it had been going on in the episodes and so far but i'm i want to know what happens which is really a mark of a good show yeah i get yeah absolutely if you if you want to keep watching i can't ask for anything more than that and i am interested to see what's going on with this black-haired girl um what's her name do we have a name for her you will get one. She does not have oh, one Oh, she's now. still... Oh, she doesn't. I'm, sometimes I miss the names. And they do mention in the episodes you saw why she has... Why she works there, right? No. She just didn't woke they? up. No. Because she knew she was dead. Oh, no. They didn't say that. Oh, did they not? Shit, I'm sorry. That's a... Oh, well, thanks. See, this is this is spoilers <laughs> right here for you. No, she Spoiler just... Spoiler for us as well. She no, just... she works there because she knew she was dead when she got there. Oh, I she see. She walked in the bar and was like, I'm dead. What's going on? And they were like, ooh, we got to call an audible, so figure out what's happening here. Sometimes I wonder also what kind of, like, dub I'm getting. Or not dub, sorry, what kind of, like, subtitles Subtitles. I'm getting. Um, So you never know, that could be it as well. But from what I gather, she wakes up. She knows she's dead, but it was sort of like I got the feeling the white-haired woman had brought her there. So maybe not. Maybe I missed something. Nona knows more than Than she lets on. I can can tell that. and I actually really like the Nona character. She's sort of that like childlike character that is actually terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that that personality thing going on. Um, you don't see a lot of it, but she just has one moment basically where she's like, "Don't you f 
with me <laughs> and like you're like oh i don't want to screw around with nona um so yeah and there are a bunch there are a bunch of other characters that pop up there's a there's another bar with a different arbiter who has a very different outlook on his job right where he's just like f people i don't need to understand them i don't care about understanding them it's very cut and dry and he kind of him and his black-haired woman correlation kind of become a a nice comedic reflection you know mirror image of the decim and black-haired woman character okay all right it so does we'll... it there's a my only problem with the show and you may likely have this problem as well uh, which is also a problem i had with bitch Planet. <laughs> also a problem i have a bitch planet there's a big world there that you only see a fraction, fraction of. of. And you get that sense when they're on the train and people get on and off the train and there are different floors of the elevator. Mm-hmm. You definitely get that sense that there's so much more in that. Like the downloading of memories exactly, that happens. There's yeah. a whole ministry that's involved with that and you meet some of those people. But it's like there's this whole world machine involved in this that you only see a really like narrow, narrow part of. Like it could have been twice as many episodes. Like it's... I'm always for airing on the side of a tight story than yeah. something that sprawls for like 26 to 50 episodes but it could if it wanted it, to it could have but right, no well. i'm i'm super amped that you're that you liked it enough at um, least to keep looking at it and so now we have to come to my rating <laughs> and i'm i am can i be undecided i mean i'm in one hand i'm like a four <laughs> and then on the other hand i'm like maybe a six or a seven like i, I maybe not seven i'm okay we'll go with six Split the difference. We'll go with a six with the pledge that you're going to check out more. Yeah. And I'll get back to the audience and let them know um, because I may watch a couple more episodes and go, nope, never mind. Change my mind. Maybe. But I do want to know what happens. So good mark. Uh, mark of a good television show. Uh, yeah. So Death Parade, 12 episodes. It is on Funimation, I believe, for your streaming options out there uh it might require a paid subscription at this point no i don't think it does i think funimation still gives you the free with the free with ads option if you give them your email so yeah that's death parade i'll take that as a win yes excellent moving on moving on are you ready for everyone i'm amazed she came with this this early to be honest really this is a it's come up on the show before it has that this is something you are very passionate about you you were really into and it is Young Justice. Young Justice. And uh, I'm just going to start with, how did you like it? Just just an overall, like, what did you think? I mean, yes, I liked it. I guess what I'm curious about is why you like it so much. Okay. And again, we're... Because this is, and it's kind of low-hanging fruit for me. Like, it's, it's, it's Justice League adjacent. Like, so anything yeah. Justice League, we shit on DC a lot with their... You know, <laughs> publishing and editorial decisions but i mean we love these characters yeah. and we both have strong connections and affection for like the animated properties from growing up whether that was batman animated series or justice league unlimited or things like that yeah and this is justice league adjacent it's not quite teen titans sort of teen titans but i'll let you do more of the okay of the well because i what i was going to say was very much like death parade three episodes is not enough probably not and i will probably end up having the same verdict that you did but right. we'll get to that in a moment um okay so young justice is is basically like you said it is justice league adjacent it's about some of the sidekicks of the well-known justice leaguers um coming together to form their own team and it's called the team um and they kind of work 
with the Justice League. They're given projects of their own and missions of their own to sort of help out the Justice League. Nothing as giant as maybe what the Justice League is doing, and you get sort of clips of that uh, throughout the series. But um, it, it's them coming together and becoming a team. Um, there's a lot of also teenage sort of angsty stuff going on. Love that teen drama. Oh yeah, love that teen drama. And uh, they're, it's partly about relationships, partly about relationships with their mentors, and each other, and also about coming into being these beings or people who have powers, abilities, um, and balancing that in the world that they live in. Um, the team is made up initially by uh, Robin, Kid Flash, Artemis, Superboy, Miss Martian, and uh, Aqualad. And then eventually, uh, some sort of midway through the first series, you get Zatanna in there. See, I didn't even get to Artemis yet. Yeah. She hadn't even shown up. Exactly. Um, so just very initially, you get this very small group. Um, I think they're introduced. They're opening the new Justice League head, headquarters. They're getting a tour. This they're, is like yeah. the day that the Justice League is going to let them check out the Hall of Justice. Yeah. And it's uh, at in that incarnation, it's Aqualad, Robin, Kid Flash, and Speedy. Yes. Um, the Green Arrow's sidekick, who is older than them, a little yeah. surly, a little impatient. And basically, they yeah, they get there, and it's like, we gotta take care of some business. Check out the library or go work out in the gym, and... They're frustrated by this. Roy's not having it. He walks out. He's like, I'm not playing, I'm not playing in kitty playtime. And he leaves, and basically, like, an alert comes in, and they decide to go and check it out, and that leads them to Superboy. Yeah. Why I love this series so much um, is because of the writing. It is one of the best superhero dramas, not superhero cartoons, not kid superhero television shows, one of the best superhero dramas, hands down. Again, it's hard because you haven't got into, you know, even to midway through season one. Um, and it's also why a lot of people, after it got canceled, kind of flipped out because it was so well written. The plotting was fantastic. Character development was fantastic. Uh, you have a lot of, oh my God, I can't believe that, that just happened moments. Even in the few episodes I saw, everything is like, you can. T every episode had like a plot detail that suggests it's going to come back some way later on. Like there was... There was much advanced plotting going on even in the three episodes yeah, that and, I watched. And I think that's also something that um, was really great about, I mean, we brought it up before, Batman the Animated Series, X-Men. They really tried to lay a lot of groundwork on what they were doing. They put a lot of thought into what they were doing. Um, and I think what's important to note is that um, they do use sort of the Justice League in the stories, so they, it's not like they've totally segregated mm -hmm. these characters. Um, there's a lot of inter interaction with the Justice League. Um, and so it, it builds that world even bigger. So was never a Teen Titans guy, even in like the comics version. Right. Because, I don't know, as has been well established, I'm a base human being and I always kind of <laughs> considered them like the the store brand version of the Justice, of the Justice League. Right. I wanted, I wanted the more expensive brand name version. Right. That said, when I was super into comics, the original Young Justice comic, which was then written by Peter David. And Dezago and Knox? 
they they were the first they created the team i think right. but i think when most people think of it was something that i would hear about like i never yeah. bought it i never read it but you would i would read reviews of other things and you'd scan through and young justice was always getting very good reviews it was having you know had a very passionate fan base in the comic form yeah and it what this just sorry to bring this up this isn't an adaptation of that no it's no. it's got nods to it and some of the same team members but not at all the um the team makeup i think ultimately gets very different yes that said i ride for wally west till i die <laughs> he is one of the best things of that not of that even series. in this show just in general just in general i one of the first things i ever wrote when i started getting back into comics was my irritation that Jeff Johns was coming in and restoring all of these lame-ass Silver Age superheroes because, ooh, hell, Jordan's the real Green Lantern. Nah, son. No. Kyle Rayner is my no, Green Lantern. No, yeah, John Stewart's your Green John Lantern or whatever. John Stewart is the real we Green Lantern. Oh, for, my God. We I can't can fight all that. day about what Green Lantern reigns supreme, but for me, it was Kyle. His book was terrible, but oh I just really liked God. him. Um, I can't believe you said that. Fuck Hal Jordan. <laughs> Listen, John's better than Hal Jordan. I'll take John John's over better Hal than any uh, other Green Lantern. He's not better than every Green Lantern. Okay, anyways. I want Wally as my Flash. Wally's my Flash. Wally's the, the Kyle Flash. and Wally dynamic in, in like the Justice League I was reading back in like the early aughts, like yeah. the Grant Morrison Justice League. Fantastic. But then Jeff John's got to come in and be like, no, people love Hal Jordan. People love Barry <laughs> Allen. Man, fuck Barry. I'm not dealing with Barry. And Wally has been like shunted and like pissed on ever since in the comics. Yeah. You know, they brought back Barry, and Wally is like, I don't know, stuck in the Speed Force or some shit, or he pops up every once in a while. So anytime Wally is like a lead character, even if it's like teenage prepubescent Wally, I'm yeah. I'm here for it. And, I love I love replacement heroes. And and again, all of the characters get sort of some time in the light. What Robin is this? That's not a stat. It, it it's Robin, Robin. Like Dick Grayson, Robin. It's Dick Grayson, Robin. Sweet. Um, and what? actually happens i'm gonna can i should i spoil this for you a little oh bit? fine so spoiler alert um i'm gonna keep watching this too excellent so then i i almost don't want to tell you this but i think it's important for people to sort of know something that they do that's really interesting for season uh two is they go ahead four years okay there's a time jump there's a time jump interesting and they don't go back and go through they just basically you've time jumped and that's fantastic as well because then you get a whole other slew of characters so they keep on evolving the team and the mm -hmm. dynamics between people and it and it doesn't become a monster of the week it just changes and adapts and is really interesting and the story gets bigger and that's one of the other reasons i really like um this show so much see and what you're describing is one of the things that like made anime so appealing to me in the first place was you know, Secret Origin story. Sailor Moon is what brought me back in. I have no shame in saying <laughs> it. Um, Grown-ass man loved me some Sailor Moon when it was airing. Because it told a complete story. Yeah. And it stopped. I was like, you could do that? Because I came from a generation that was like... You just keep on going. G.I. Joe fighting Cobra again. Yeah. <laughs> Monday to Friday. And like, this is what I think anime has inspired a lot of newer Western animators to do. Is to, like, to use sequential storytelling and having things mean something going forward and having cause and effects and yeah so that is appealing to me if you're telling me that young justice is very tightly wound in that sort of storytelling yeah then i'm I'm super into that and i'm it curious gets, to see where it goes it gets so good <laughs> i can't even like so good i can't even explain to you well have have you 
Did you hear the latest? It's actually interesting that we're talking about of this. Of course, this week. I heard of the latest. Of course, you heard the latest. I, ta- or I tagged you in it. You probably already knew when I, I tagged you. I knew. You in it, I knew. I, well, actually, someone else put it on my Facebook, and I went, "Why didn't you call me at work? <laughs> I don't understand. This is so important." So basically, my uh, my continued investigation of Young Justice may end up making Caitlin very happy because uh, word on the scuttlebutt is that Netflix is closely watching the streaming numbers yep. for Young Justice. To see if it's worth their investment to uh, maybe do a third season. And it's worth everyone's investment. <laughs> it's it's worth their investment with the money and your investment in time. Do you love freedom, people? <laughs> if you love freedom, watch Young Justice. Seriously, though. I Take the time. Watch Young Justice. You'll be surprised. I mean, yes, you can say it's a show for kids. But how many shows are really for kids these days? I didn't say it was a show for kids. I would say it's all ages. I mean, it's not like... You know, limbs are being detached or no. things like that, or Miss Martian's whipping her top off. But no, but it's like none of the the only thing that I was like, oh, kids, was like when Miss Martian gets introduced and suddenly everybody's in love with her and everybody they all like are flirting with her and trying to get moments with her. And I was like, oh, okay, let's get through and, this. And the, and they do, and it does, and all of that. Also, why is Robin always wearing sunglasses? Um, that comes up. <laughs> does it? Yeah. Good. I want that. I want that resolved. <laughs> it's like my Dick Grayson doesn't wear sunglasses indoors. He's not that much of a douche. Uh, there was <laughs> this is such a weird thing to parse on. There was like in the third episode where they're chasing that robot. I don't even know who was responsible for it. Yeah, I didn't recognize the character. It might have been Doctor Ivo or something. Yeah, I think it was. He it like runs off and it's like after him and Superboy flies away and the Flash like zoom takes off and Robin, Robin just kind of jogs. <laughs> Like, hey, fellas, wait up! <laughs> because like, they're like they're like on their off time. They're like not in uh, they're not in costume or anything when yeah. they're fighting this robot. <laughs> and the robot's just, Robin's just kind of like do do do. Yeah, and that's and that also comes up. And actually, that's one of the things I like about Teen Titans is they kind of always like are mean to him about being <laughs> shitty, human. Uh, to Robin because he has no actual power. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm well. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, yeah, and I mean, if we're dealing out, uh, like like you said about Death Parade, it almost seems unfair to give it a rating because yeah. I don't feel like I did really get even the slightest sense of how cool it's going to be. Yeah, you did have no idea. Um, but as you also felt about Death Parade, I am curious enough to see where it's going. And it will probably be my Saturday night after <laughs> I finish this up. I'll probably, after I see you off, I'll probably uh, start watching some Young Justice tonight. Fantastic. Okay, that was happier than I was expecting. I didn't know. I didn't know if I was going to be upset. Well, this one it, again. It was yeah, like you said, a hard call to make. But I think for now, that's where I'm going to have to keep my rating. We still support the rule of three, though. Yes, we do. Lord knows if you got a if you want to bail, you are more than thankful for it. Yeah. But uh, food wars. Oh my god. Um, and also, I just had one more thing to share yes. about. Young Justice. So I had mentioned earlier on an episode um, that Young Justice was canceled because too many girls were watching. And someone called me out on that and said, are you sure about that? Because that seems kind of weird. Oh, is this our first official Geek Down correction? Um, p- well, it's not quite a correction. Now, a lot of people were sort of spreading this news that, you know, Young Justice was canceled because girls were watching and, you know, that's not what they wanted um it gets a little bit more complicated than that so what had happened was uh paul dini yes this is he's the he was the original writer uh on batman the animated series and has been 
at least like the exec producer on most of DC animated stuff. Yeah, a lot since. of DC animated stuff. So Paul Dini created something called Tower Prep. And he was on uh, Kevin Smith's podcast. It's called Fat Man. Oh, Fat Man, Fat Man on Batman. Yeah, yes. that, that, that's it. So he was on this show and he was talking to Kevin Smith about in part the cancellation of Tower Prep. But also they talked about Young Justice. Mm-hmm. And he had said about execs not wanting girls watching. Like I said, it gets a little more complicated. Um, so a lot of people were asking Greg Wiseman, who's one of the creators of the Young Justice television show, basically asking, you know, why was it canceled? It was doing so well. The ratings were really good. What happened there? And he said kind of the same thing, but it mostly had to do with marketing. Mattel was sponsoring Young Justice mm. and the toys weren't selling. So they pulled their funding. Um, and one of the reasons is because they were um, marketing to boys um, and just to boys. Mm. And it wasn't just boys who were watching this television show. So it is kind of true that... But it's one part of a... It's one part of a... Larger. Larger system. Yes. And that's sort of why Netflix is looking at at making the third season is because Netflix don't need your money Mattel <laughs> no they don't and um, they just need the ratings which they basically have mm-hmm. like people are, even they tried to start a campaign to, to like crowdfund a third season of Young Justice listen if Narcos is getting a second season there's no reason why <laughs> Young Justice can't get a third yeah. and I can tell you right now Netflix kids needs way more television series <laughs> yeah I, that, that's that's like a wasteland for me I've never even like checked over there yeah it's not good it is not good. <laughs> uh, basically, it's controlled by DC. Um, that's that's all the good stuff is just DC stuff. Like, listen, it's all we have, McKinnon. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so, and maybe even too much. But Young <laughs> Justice would be something that they could invest some money into, and that would be fantastic. Um, so, yes. So, to Ren Hanman, I'm sorry. Oh, Ren called you out. Yeah, she did. Um, thank you for listening. And, you know, <laughs> calling me out. Um, but that's so, yeah, it is a little bit more complicated. It does have to do with girls watching the show. And that's not the demographic they wanted to advertise to slash what they needed to buy their toys. Maybe if they hadn't give them all motorcycles or <laughs> whatever Jordan was ranting about two episodes ago, they would have bought the toys. Yeah. Where's my Blue Beetle cosmetics set? Yeah, exactly. I didn't see any you know, Halloween outfits for Zatanna or Miss Martian or Artemis, which I would love to see a tiny Artemis. It would be amazing. I'm also not saying that all girls want to play with makeup sets. Don't come for me. I mean, some of the boys could have wanted a, a Blue Beetle makeup That's true. Set. That is true. See? Caitlin McKinnon. You know thank what? You. you know what, Mattel? Hire us. <laughs> Somebody just hire us, okay? I really actually care where you're from. Just hire us. Yeah, and if you're not going to hire us, like, at least sponsor us. Like, this is week four. Yeah, and you still got that music. Again, music is fine, Jordan. I'm just saying I'd rather be an advertisement for, you know, cheese. Listen to listen to her voice. Don't you want that voice delivering <gasps> your on-brand message? I could do a jingle? Oh, man, I've got plans now. <laughs> Serious, Harry Shave Club, audible.com. <laughs> MailChimp, all the the notable podcast advertisers, come get at us. Yeah. If you do decide to uh, improve your life and you have uh, advertising opportunities you would like to exploit and reach literally tens of listeners. Tens, Jordan. Tens. 
I would even say 50s at this point. Really? We're, we're growing. 50s of listeners? We're growers, not showers. Is that a thing? 50s? It is now. Okay, 50s of um, listeners. Or if you have more corrections for us, or if you would just like to say, hey. Um, or argue with Jordan about his mashup thing. <laughs> or if you have a you have a vigorous defense about why the world needs more Doctor Who Futurama mashups. <laughs> uh, let me give you a quick rebuttal. It doesn't. But if you would like to waste your time, you can email us at geekdownpod at gmail.com. Uh, the show lives on soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Uh, if you follow us there, you will get a notification every time a new episode goes up, or you can just subscribe to us on iTunes. Just look up Geek Down, click subscribe. You get a new episode every time it goes live. How easy is that? So easy. Why would you do anything else? Also, um, just so everyone knows, we now have a Facebook page. Yes, Caitlin came to me last week and said, do we have a Facebook page? And I went, nah. And she said, why don't we have a Facebook page? And I said, I don't know. So Caitlin made a Facebook page. I made a Facebook page. And now we have a Facebook page. Uh, so how do, how do they find that? Um, I think it's just facebook.com slash geekdownpod. Geekdownpod's been working for us. That would make sense. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You should go with that. Just search geekdownpod. Look us up on Facebook as well. Uh, we'll try to... God, we have so many things to juggle now. But we'll try to uh, get you some things there to look at as well. The sort of unofficial website... Where episodes live, if you follow us on there, I'm sorry I'm lazy and didn't get the third episode uh, linked on there. But hey, look, now you'll get two. Is geekdownpod.tumblr.com as well. If you'd like to argue with me more directly about uh, why mashups are uh, necessary to the nerd community, or why I'm a fool for not watching Own Justice, or why I should never talk about perfume on this podcast again, uh, you can do that uh, on Twitter, at Jordan underscore Ferguson. If you would like to uh, tell Caitlin that English mysteries have no place on this show, T.S., you can't. She doesn't have a Twitter. I don't. I don't have a Twitter, guys. Soup's happy about that? Yeah, Soup's hap. <laughs> <laughs> I made a thing. I made a soup's thing. Soup's <laughs> That is now, you know, I was wondering when our, when our in-jokes were going to start, info, when we were going to start making in-jokes for this podcast. It's now. Hashtag Soup's hap. <laughs> Uh, Hopefully it's and she'll never trend. if you if you hashtag it she'll never see it because she's no. not on Twitter. I'll just ask Jordan if it's trending now. <laughs> just like when I tried to bring back Wizard and it didn't work. What were you talking about with that? It's it's a like it's an I'm gonna call it something and you're gonna laugh, but it's a British term. It's an ejaculation. It's a <laughs> look you're giving me. It's basically a like saying cool or awesome wizard. Anything with an exclamation part point is technically called an ejaculation. I can't even say it without you giving me that look. That's actually like a grammatical thing? Yes. He, you'll God, see and, it I, in, and I write for a living. You'll see it in, in old, old books. They'll say, he ejaculated. <laughs> and it means he yelled or shouted. Jesus <laughs> Wizard, he ejaculated because he was soup's hap. <laughs> Oh no, we're losing it now. Oh, and then that's that's our that's our cue to uh, <laughs> to leave. We're trying to tighten it up this week, people. We've been going long the last couple of weeks. Uh, so yeah, that's all the ways you can get in contact for us. Thank you so much for listening. To oh us yeah, we really really appreciate it. Blather on every week. We are having a blast doing this, and um, hopefully you continue to join us. And we'll be back here next week for another fantastic episode of Geek Down. Yep. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye.
weeaboo otaku fanboy. Because <laughs> I don't want to be... Oh, what's an otaku? <laughs> I'm a Mexican. Man, I love tacos. <laughs> you love tacos so much, you just like can't leave the house. You're just constantly ordering takeout. You're constantly uh, ordering delivery Mexican food. <laughs> that's what that is. Oh, taco. There's a mashup for you. Draw that, nerds. <laughs> uh, um.